welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jody Paul. Welcome to episode 107. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Black Phone. Also, in our Something to Scream About, we are looking at the last two episodes of, you guessed it, Stranger Things. Not only that, Paul picked our movie from the vault last episode, and it was Prince of Darkness. How the devil are you doing, boys? Ooh, was it a devil or is it the aliens? I don't know what the fuck was going on. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, all good, man. All good in the hood. Strange things. Buck has taken my life. I've got my little Hellfire taken t-shirt everyone's on. everyone's life. So, yeah, man. Excited to talk about that. Let's just skip all the movies and just go straight for a fucking two-hour <laughs> talk about strange things. What are you going to do, though, Paul? Because season five is until 2024. That's mental. I can't believe somebody told me that in the shop the other day, and I, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, literally. I think that's standard. I mean, they've given they've been like two years between most of them, so. Oh, I just can't wait that long. That's why the kids are so old. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Right. Uh, all good. What have I been watching? That's What have I been up to? Oh, yeah. What, what have you been watching, Paul? Why don't you ask yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, be my guest. Um, strange things, strange things, <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, no, I did watch something else. Um, Midnight in the Switchgrass, Switchgrass, starring Bruce Willis, Megan Fox, and Emil Hirsch. Um, interesting little cast. I mean, it's got Machine Gun Kelly in it as well. Uh, so obviously the movie's wow. Megan Fox has gone. Can I get my boyfriend in this, please? Um, and she's a really good actress in this. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> to be honest, no, it's not that bad. Bruce isn't in it that much. It's mainly centered around her and Emil Hirsch. It's not completely, you know, dialing it in, but the subject is like about a truck stop, mur- truck stop murderer. Um, it's sort of based on true events as well. Not a bad little watch. It's not like got over gore or anything like that. You don't really see anything too weird or nasty or naughty or anything like that. But so it's not groundbreaking. Sort of just feels like a uh, there you go. It's a true story with Bruce Willis, Megan Fox, and Emil Hirsch. And I'll be uh, not watching that one. To be fair, I actually popped that on my list because I t- tend to any sort of serial killer stuff. I always put it on. So yeah, it's definitely on there. Yeah, cool. All right, what have you been up to then, Mr. Geordie Paul? Not a lot horror-wise, to be honest. Um, my blessing, my four-year-old, uh, well, was three-year-old, it was his fourth birthday, so we've been to the pictures at the uh, cinema a couple of week, times in a week, and uh, but it's been to say Lightyear and Minions, so not really horrendous. Um, so no, I haven't really watched anything apart from the, the podcast stuff, so not really been up much. Obviously, apart from Stranger Things, but I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll cover that. In, you, in a small you, while, but yeah, nothing, nothing horror related, unfortunately, guys. You can call it the pictures, mate. I call the it pictures. the pictures. <laughs> yes. There's no problem with that. <laughs> they got the pictures, like. Yeah. Nah. Oh, I do. Uh, and Lightyear is very good, and Minions was alright. So there you go, just a quick one. <laughs> cool. What about you, Matt? Stranger Things, and that's about it, mate. Uh, just it's consumed me. Um, I've been catching up on the boys. Um, I've, I've only just got to the named, um, well, the amazing se- uh, series, series, amazing episode five, which I haven't even watched yet. So no spoilers. I've heard everyone talking about it. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just getting through that. But I, I am going to up my game. I promise. I promise to be more professional in the next couple of weeks and come back with some uh, some new finds that I've watched. Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed. I'm going to go and try and do some do some more f- searching for some random random yeah. stuff. Because uh, to be honest, we can start prepping for Halloween, right? Yeah, man. I, I did watch another thing that was new on Netflix, Man from Toronto with Woody Harrison. It's always a good shout. Kevin Hart. They're a good little combo. It's like a little sort of assassins movie. Not bad. Some good kick-ass bits. Mm-hmm. So that's not bad. But there you go. Um, should we move on to some news then? Let's go. Do it. I'll give it to you, Matt. For me? Mm. Oh, thank you very much. Um, well, um, I've got loads of news. Um, I, 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 we've got a little bit of Stranger Things news. I don't know if we want to cover this when we talk about um, Stranger Things in our summer to screen about. Maybe we'll so come back to me and I think we'll have a chat about that said news when we finish our chat on Stranger Things. Yeah? Is that cool? Okay, yeah. Um, the only other thing I've got is a couple of Sad bits of news. Um, the shining actor, Joe Turkle, has passed away at 94. I mean, great innings. Now, he was the guy that played the, the, the omnibus barman behind the bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. That's uh, a really dad, though, isn't he? He's, in, he's just in the overlook, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's probably behind the bar and he's having a, having a <laughs> whiskey or something like that. But the 94 years old, you know, big, big bucket of win there, as they say. Um, so that was cool. And the only other, uh, again, a bit of sad news is literally you just found out about five minutes ago that James Khan died, passed away, which is really sad at 84. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, in I'm, in, I'm in misery right now. Nice. Too soon. Too nice. soon. <laughs> but yeah, what an amazing career he had. Um, and, uh, you know, he obviously went into kind of not hiding, he kind of like stopped making movies a while ago, didn't he? Um, but he's got a plethora of cool movies behind him. So, yeah, God rest these their souls. Was that a pun? Maybe. God father rest his soul. Souls, yeah. Oh, Sorry, well. I best check my elf. Oh, my God. Right, anyway, <laughs> moving on. What about you, uh, Jordy Paul? Let's go to you. What news you I- got? I haven't really got a lot of news, guys. It's just uh, trailers, to be honest. So a couple of trailers that I managed to catch. Uh, one was for a film called Barbarian. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, out in August. Basically, uh, from what I can gather, it's got Bill Skarsgård in it. And it's about a lady who books an Airbnb. And rocks up to the Airbnb. And Bill Skarsgård's already staying there. Um, Have we not talked about this recently, like on a previous podcast? Oh, did we? Oh, shit, sorry. Last episode. <laughs> well, I wasn't listening. So the trailer's out. It looks a bit creepy. So sorry about that. <laughs> I vaguely Just remember that plot. Again. <laughs> I swear somebody's told me that plot before. <laughs> it did really. Oh, sorry. But at le- right. well, at least we know the trailer's out there now, so we can go and check it out. Yeah, it's, it, the trailer looks quite cool. It doesn't really give a lot away, but it, it looks like it's quite jump scary and quite thrillery. So, um, and then the other one was. Um, I'm pretty sure we haven't done this one, but. Uh, Directed by Rob Zombie's brother. Um, there's a film out called Allegoria. Mm. Um, and it's coming out on Shudder, I think. And it looks mental. Um, the trailer's out and it just looks crazy. And I, I think it'll be right up your guys' street, to be honest. So 
definitely check that one out. But Allegoria, <laughs> it's called. Allegoria. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it it looks crazy. It looks sounds crazy. like a Harry Potter spell to me. It looks a bit. Do you know what? Right, regardless of yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I'm just uh, flashing in my head. There was a Harry Potter film directed by Rob Zombie. Oh I watched God. that all day. <laughs> the spell turns um, inside out. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it does look good. It looks like if I was to describe the trailer to you guys, it would be like an intellectual Rob Zombie film. If that. How dare yeah, you? No, well, take that back right now. I was not disrespecting Rob Zombie, but I was. It was a bit more sort of. It looked a bit more trippy and a bit more highbrow than Rob Zombie. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so that's my one and a bit bits of news. <laughs> All right, yeah. cool. I'll take on the mantle, and I got a couple of pieces here. Nice one that were really interesting. Terrifier Two news um, update. Bloody disgusting has acquired Terrifier Two, um, and it'll be on Screenbox TV, whatever the fuck that is. So what are we going like, to do? What are we well, doing? it'd probably be a 30-day trial for me when Terrifier 2 comes out. <laughs> I'll probably get the 30-day free trial when that's coming out. So it is getting a theatre release. Well, that's probably America. don't know, but we'll see what, what, where we're going to get to watch that. But it is going on to a um, Screenbox TV in terms of streaming. Can you wait? Well, apparently uh, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future is already available to buy. I saw what? that online the other day. It's already but, on Blu-ray. It might be in America, but yeah. Like, Jesus, when did we miss that? Keep an eye out, Matt. Mm. On the cards. Um, American Horror Stories. Did you guys catch any of that? No. no, no it's no. weird. They're just like little shorts. So they've obviously, obviously got the series and stuff. And now they've done like an, a like cut-off, which is called American Horror Stories. And they're just like little sh- They're like, sh- not short shorts, but they're just like individual kind of snippets, almost like their own version of Black Mirror, if you like pretty decent i thought the first season and stuff had some really interesting concepts on there um you know a, a sex demon and all sorts of weird stuff um but they've released a trailer um which is fucking i don't know if it's anything to do with the series but it's just like a load of like weird freaky dolls very like um stop animation sort of thing and um, like loads of dolls with no heads and really colorful um, it, it, it looks very interesting. It comes out on July 21st on FX, um, or on Hulu. So we'll probably see that on, um, I reckon on Disney Plus over here. So that looks interesting. I'll be watching all them and keeping you up to date on that. Um, another shark movie. I don't know if you guys have seen The Reef. It is available on Shudder at the moment. There is a, a sequel to The Reef called The Reef Stalked, and it's swimming to shudder this summer. Is it about a pervy shark? <laughs> That'd be, that would be, I'd watch that. So, um, but yeah, July 29th, it'll be out, um, and select cinemas, but, you know, we ain't going to see shit like that. Um, uh, but it stars, um, a, f- a few girls on paddle boards <laughs> oh, uh, out to sea. And they're being stalked by a shark. There you go. What, for, those, what? For, the, for, the, for the people uh, out there, uh, Paul's recently been uh, doing a bit of paddleboarding, haven't you? Yes, which is why I took interest in this movie, not because of the sharks. Are you the pervy <laughs> stark shocker, are you? Yeah. Stark shocker? Uh, shark, shark, shark stalker. <laughs> Too many gins there. Too many gins, sorry. Cool. Lovely day outside. But there we go. That's my, um, my news. Um... Let's uh, let's move on to uh, our main review. 
Would you like to see a magic trick? Yeah. really starting to like you, Finny. I almost let you go. Don't hang up. Who are you? You know all our names. It doesn't work. Hang it up. Okay, so on to our main review. Um, we have been to the cinema to watch The Black Phone. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. <laughs> so, where are we going to start with this one, lads? Well... Directed, it's directed by Scott Derrickson. He's um, written by this was a surprise for me, Joe Hill, which is um, Stephen King's son. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Starring Ethan Hawke as the Grabber, uh, Mason Thames as Finney, and Madeline McCraw as Gwen, the two kids. Wow. I mean, this is like an era-based horror, much like we got of X, set set in the seventies. Um, surrounded by um, a child ki- uh, child kidnapper um, going around in like a black van, taking kids off the street. And it's, it's sort of happening quite fast and quick in terms of the, the kids that are being taken off the street. And they're sort of surra- in this like sort of suburban um, American area, if you like. It's sort of very much like kids are still walking to school. <laughs> And getting picked off the street, even though there's, even though like there's missing posters going up everywhere. Um, we follow Finney through most of this movie, and um, yeah, it's got that very Stephen King DNA all the way through it. You know, that's that's very much what I sort of got from this movie. It sort of reminded me a little bit of his coming of age. It's got the classic bullying tropes. Um, really, it's just the brutality is interesting, and yeah, it just felt like watching a, I don't know, like a, a, a Stephen King movie, but kind of different at the same stage, I suppose. I don't know. What do you guys think? Go on, Jordy Paul. Yeah, I mean, like I thought the the star credits I thought were phenomenal. I thought I was going, I thought I was about to watch something Texas Chainsaw Massacre like. Do you know what I mean? Now I know obviously there's reference to it in the film, but. The star credits for me got me right on right under my skin, like almost the sort of like seven like with what Fincher did with the seven opening credits. It was like quite dark and quite oh god, I'm in I'm in for a treat here. But yeah, definitely like I completely agree with what you're saying, Paul. It was, you know all them little like you know small town, you know everyone knows each other. The the bullies were established quite quick, quite sort of violent. You know kids with sort of have they got powers? Have they not got powers? Dysfunctional family, that type of Stephen King. Yeah, 
definitely had all that all over it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the bullies were memorable in this, like they are in other Stephen King movies and the sort of interactions for those moments. Like, you know, if you compare this to sort of like the losers and um, and Henry Bowers and all that sort of stuff, you had that. There was those moments where you're like, fuck, that was different. That went a little bit. But I suppose that's how it was back in the day where all that type of stuff usually got unchecked. Like it was sort of like boys will be boys or, you know, in the playground it gets sorted out. That's yeah. where it stops. But it was quite, yeah, he sort of harkens back to a bygone area where, you know, there's no sort of social media or no one was sort of checking everything everyone was doing and you could get away with a bit of a scrap in the playground. But it was quite heavy. Definitely. Definitely. What, what, what about you, Matt? What your thoughts? You guys quite finished? <laughs> <laughs> oh matter you, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was terrible. No, I'm only joking. Um, no, I like you said from that. I pretty much mirror what you guys say. I mean, it it has some phenomenal acting in it. Um, uh, the Mason Thomas, the guy, the kid that is the main uh, guy in it, uh, Finn. He literally is brilliant. He like his emotions and stuff that he goes through without kind of like even trying and he's not been in, in a, lot, a lot of stuff but i just felt that the way it's filmed as well was really gritty and you really felt like what people are doing in movies you know obviously stranger things everything like that they are getting the eras bang on like really good sets clothes hairstyles and now it's just like it's just like they don't even have to try it's so good um Obviously, it's from Blumhouse as well, so it's not a huge, huge budget, um, which which is again good, and it's it's earned buckets of money at the box office. Seventy apparently seventy million so far, so you know it's 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 done really really well. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It was really you know after everything that has been done. Um, obviously, it's based on a short story uh, by Stephen King's son. Uh, and yeah, Paul, you're right. It totally has loads of, of kind of references to seems like Stephen King esque things big time, but with something new, like how, you know, people keep coming up with brand new things. And it's just, it's, it's really, I didn't like, apart from some twats at the back that kept screaming and stuff, uh, which took us right out of the movie. Apart from that, I was totally engrossed in the movie the whole way through absolutely amazing even hawk's performance is fucking amazing in this movie yeah, absolutely he's got, outstanding he's going from strength to strength he's always like for me an okay actor but like lately like the villains that he's sort of um playing and portraying are like really sort of different oh mate he's coming into his kind of i don't know he's coming in this renaissance period anyway he's just gone you know stand aside i'm gonna let myself fucking shine now which is brilliant yeah. I liked all the the seventies touches, the cut off jackets and stuff like that, um, and the the clothes. The area. I love how it was presented. I just like the the feel of it. It sort of didn't look clean, if you know what I mean. Like we like it still had like that sort of unpolished edge to it. Which, but like with X, it's sort of they, the way that they filmed it. There must be a certain camera that they're filming or a lens. Yeah, I wonder it what it was effective. filmed on. If it was like filmed on a certain kind of. You know, whether it's filmed on kind of like a special actual real film or something like that. Yeah, cause the palette was incredible, I thought. And they sort I, of was like... call, I was calling it scuzzy. I don't know why it always yeah. scuzzy. Yeah. 
yeah. good word for it. But you're right, Ethan Hawke was the jeweler in the crown of this movie, man. Like, I know what you're saying about the kid, the, the main actor was very good in it, but Ethan Hawke, man. Yeah, well, the not draw, a lot of screen the, time either. No, and the main draw of this movie is the poster with that fucking mask. The mask is incredible. Well, the mask was really interesting, wasn't it? Because he came in with, like, different styles. One minute it's kind of, like, sad, and then it's different, and it's, like, shocking, and, like, yeah, that was creepy. Some good jump scares as well. Yeah, we had uh, someone actually scream in the cinema through one of the jump scares. I can't remember which one it was. I mean, me and Matt definitely had a fucking shit ourselves by one for one of them. And, you know, whenever they turn around, there's a fucking ghost there, probably. But I think some... it's the bit. The biggest bit was that bit where where, where his his um, sister's riding on the bike, and then there's the the, the four boys are stood in front of her. Oh my fucking god! Shit my pants. But the interactions with the ghosts that were just so much, I think the word fun, but interesting to watch. Like, um, it had that sort of like, he was, you know, instead of being part of a gang like the losers, he was, he was part of a gang. If you liked, they were helping him. They were sort of like acquaintances in some mm-hmm. respect. And he'd been had interaction with these people and they were, they obviously wanted their revenge on, on the person. But the way they were sort of helping him out, like you had uh, Paperboy, uh, Bruce, who was like his baseball buddy, um, uh, Robin, who was like the fucking guy who seemed to kick everyone's fucking ass. He was genius. He reminded me a bit of Corey Feldman in um, all the 80s films. And yeah. Lost Boys and Goonies. Was, he just reminded me of Corey, like a hard Corey Feldman. No, that Robin was the guy with the... Um, he looked... He was, Kick the shit out of Moose. Oh, what, the bandana? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, bandana. He didn't look like he was a fucking, you know, he's like not the most, the biggest kid, but he can kick the shit out of you. <laughs> he's obviously watched like Karate Kid or something. Yeah. Like Karate movies, because he probably wouldn't have had Karate Kid by then. And now they're talking about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee a lot, yeah. And a good mention of uh, Texas Chainsaw, that was cool. But yeah, I like Vance as well. He, he, I think he was the one with the cut off in the, uh, he was the pinball guy. That's, yeah, I love that, the soundtrack. Um, that they're used to that as from the like, in, features in Guardians as well, the net camera that's called now. But that was cool. I like that scene. Yeah, but the set as well, the sets were really interesting. The, the sort of basement was sort of just not not one-dimensional, if you like. It, it felt like a, a character in itself, in, including the phone that was on the wall. Totally, man. Totally really good use of space, that was. Just a quick one. Did either of you know the movie that he was watching? I don't, I don't know what it was. I was going to see if you guys had researched and seen what it was on the TV. Yeah, the black and white one. No, it was black and white, but then there was it was colour, wasn't it? When the hand was coming out of the tub, like the blood. Yeah. I, I thought. Do you know wonder... what? I got the impression that that was just done for the film. Do you reckon? I don't, well, it might not be, but I just I don't know because even when he was watching the film, obviously it was it echoed the scene in it where Beverly's in the bathroom and all the blood appears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, I don't know, Matt, but I was literally sat there thinking, Jesus, have they put that in as a bit of a homage to it? And when it's raining, the sister's on the bike wearing a yellow Mac. I just turned to Paul and I was like, Georgie! <laughs> I was like, come on, man. That... Yeah, well, mention his sister. Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, mate, the vocabulary was sweet from her. It just reminded me of that little girl in... Um, what was that film we watched where she's always swearing with the, the big monster dude? Oh, what was it called? Butch. 
The big monster dude. Big rubber monster dude that's like, you know, she's always swearing at her brother. And she's swearing throughout the whole film. Psycho Gorman, was it? That's it, Psycho Gorman, yeah. Yeah, she had a real attitude. Uh, and she's she's quite established. Unlike um, Mason, she's quite established. She's done quite a few. She's got quite a big IMDb for her age. <laughs> oh, really? Into like Toy Story 4, I think I saw on there. Wow. So, you know, wow. she's, done a, she's done a lot. Um, yeah. She was fucking good. And like when she came and like, you know, when they did the twist, like she came and rescued him. Yeah. In a way. Not well, sort of. <laughs> what? what yeah, I well, just... It was that whole like, uh, she's got telepathic powers or she's got some sort of supernatural powers that are, was passed down from her mother and all. So it's quite a lot of sort of family history unexplained in it. You know what I mean? Mm. They've obviously got an alcoholic father, which they're terrified of. That's what I wanted to talk about real quick, but that's what seems quite clever. What I thought is that obviously they, they've got this home life where they've got an abusive father that let's face it, he's an arsehole to him. What was clever is when the kid gets kidnapped, he initially doesn't seem that bothered. He's not massively phased by it because it's clever because his actual real life is so shit that he's now put in a, a shit, another shit situation that he handles it at the start really well. And then he kind of mounts down when he just can't win. He can't get a break, which was really, really good. Another great bit of acting, I thought. Yeah, and he was from Lost, wasn't he? Uh, he's, he's like a completely different character. He was the one who um, plays the sort of erratic um, scientist and stuff in Lost. He was quite good when they came onto the island and stuff. That was um, so. I've seen him in like sort of that role. Who was that? The dad. Oh, the dad. Okay, yeah. He's, he's in like a lot of uh, DC TV stuff. He's like Arrow and. I noticed him from something. It's definitely the first time I ever saw him out as an actor. Apologies for not knowing his name, but uh, was in a film called Rescue Dawn with Christian Bale in, like a oh, Vietnam yeah, War. Rescue Dawn, it's awesome. Movie. Yeah, he's he's like the skinny crazy one in that. So ah, oh, really? Yeah, it's a really good film. So that is cool. So like, I think I, I, the one thing with this movie is I cared. I found that I cared about the characters. I definitely didn't want Finney to die. I wanted him to escape. I wanted him to overcome like all the different barriers and stuff. I had to do that. Uh, and I like the um, little twist ending and stuff like that with the houses. Um, you know, even though she, like the, the, you know, the sister's trying to work it all out in her own way. Um, didn't quite get there, but got there, got there enough. But the ghosts were great. All the characters from the ghosts were just fantastic. The conversations. He, he, he carried that movie though, didn't he? I mean, you know, there was even Hulk bits, but Finney was, the movie, really. Totally. Uh, yeah. I love how it comes together as well. Just bits from each ghost helps him. Just really, really clever. Like, all out, all, all tied together at the end was re- really, really clever, I thought. And they were just kids. They were just dead mm. kids, like, attitude and stuff. That's fucking... Can't get, we're not going to give you all on a fucking plate, <laughs> sort of thing. That's all I fucking know. Yeah, that was, um, that was, that was really interesting. I like the little. How he helped them, though. He quite helped them remember who they were as well. Yeah. So there was that, like, who are you? I don't know. And all of them were like, I don't know who I am. And they're like, Yo, that's your name. And it's like, Oh yeah, actually, yeah, that was my name. And all that. So it sort of felt like he was helping them sort of pass over at the same time. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Stay no. penance. It was good. It was good, especially the end. I thought uh, the end kill was was really cool when you heard that kid go 
what was it he said about his arm? He said, oh, sweet arm or something. Can't remember what he said. What the exactly words he said to him, the baseball dude. And that's how it started. He said, your hand, your arm's deadly or something. No, your arm's mint. Mint. Your arm's mint. And that's how he finishes him off by making him think, wow, my arm's fucking strong, man. This arm's going to finish this arsehole. Just thought that was superb little line at the end because it just you heard that kid say it and he was thinking yeah i'm fucking strong and it's just like yes and you're proper rooting for him at the end it's really really good i enjoyed this thoroughly i've got a quibble oh god there we go (laughs) because i i get what they were trying to do with it right but then for me it didn't fit with the rest of the film his brother yeah. So obviously she's like taken to this house and then they rock up to this house and there's just some crazy man there who's like well into the case and thinks that he can solve it and he's obviously jacked up and then the, the cop has noticed he's got cocaine on the table and stuff and you know he's staying at his brother's house and it turns out that obviously spoilers this guy is his brother and he's staying with him but he doesn't realise everything's going on underneath the house. But the whole the his whole character and then, like, at the end, sort of, he didn't really fit into the film. Yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying. It's, it's almost a bit, little bit comedic, wasn't it? Yeah. But I don't like, know if that was to just sidetrack you a bit. Maybe. Was, and I, like I said, I, obviously, oh, God, it is actually him. But they, they didn't sidetrack you because when the coppers left the house, they just camera panned down under the floor. Mm, that was, what, that was like, a oh, bit shit, confusing. He, he is a bit, in, he is in his basement, so... Is this guy crazy as well, or is he trying to throw the police off, or is it sort of ask questions, but it just took us out of what was going on. That bit, I didn't know whether that was trying to be arty or not, or being actually a pan down. I was that's what it, that little bit did confuse me a little bit. Yeah. What almost what they needed to do was this guy was in the house over the road where he was burying the bodies underneath, and then decided to go over and investigate. Or something like that would have been maybe a little bit better. Yeah, because like it just didn't really. I don't know. And obviously the guy, the basement was in the other house, wasn't it? Yeah. I guess I think it was an attempt at a misdirect that maybe didn't fall right. I mean, he's an he's a irrelevant character because he's he's just non-essential to the whole story. Um, because he doesn't when it, when he meets his demise, he doesn't um doesn't make an impact you know there's no no sort of reason for him being there you know um it was interesting though he is he obviously he was from it he was in it chapter two so they reused the cat reused an actor which was quite quite cool but at the same time right he's just completely not needed it it almost felt like they were putting him in there just to get a body and the body count yeah, it was a good little. Like, it was a good. It was a good axe to the head. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a reshoot. Scene, maybe it was a reshoot. They thought they didn't have enough deaths, deaths, and they just got him in for a reshoot and thought let's add another death in just to get the kill count up. Yeah, and then the other one is the classic horror trope of when the kid actually escapes the basement halfway through the film, runs into the van door. Like the guy gets out the house. He gets out the house. Runs. Gets to the. About what three doors down without screaming for help, the guy pulls around, rams his van, and pulls it in front of him, and he just runs in the van and sort of knocks himself to the floor. I thought that was a bit shit. If I'm honest, I was like, "Come on, guy, you can you can avoid the van and scream for your life." 
But look, the amount of horror films you could watch where you could say that in, yeah. So that was well, it. The, the we're, not gonna, we're not going to end on a negative. We're not. We're going to end on a positive because I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah, this was one of my my favourites I've watched this year, to be honest. It, was, it, it had real depth of storytelling. It had that Stephen King edge without being fully Stephen King because I'm not aware of the story. Um, often Stephen King's shorts are the best. So if this was a short by his son, fantastic. He's got that DNA. I want to see more of what he's written. Um, and, and, and Scott Direction, Scott Derrickson's direction is fantastic. Uh, music was brilliant. The way it was shot, everything, location. Um, I think it was like a really, really good, um, horror for this year. I think it's fantastic. And it's kind of, it, even though it's not terribly original, it felt it. For, for like with the with the subtle differences and that was like that that for me and and it was scary it did have those awesome jump scares which worked which really did work clearly because we had somebody screaming in the cinema <laughs> i'd also like to see people dressed up as him and ha- at halloween with like black balloons that'd be pretty cool yeah all the kids running away <laughs> from this crazy dude but you know it's weird because no. it's not a He's not a paedophile, obviously. He might be. I don't think he is. It doesn't. It doesn't ever point to that at all. It, it kind of like I think the kids kind of worried about it. I'm not a paedophile. It's more. I think it's more of a. He's. It's strange because we didn't really talk about that bit. Is that he is waiting for them to be bad so he can punish them, as in kill them, or torture them. Do you know what I mean? It's, he said he'd spent yeah. time in that basement, didn't he? So it's probably his dad or yeah. carer or whatever, whoever cared for him. True, true. Beat him up and left him down there, so. Yeah. Well, that was interesting because it's like, he, they, you know, the way he just waited in that chair, that was creepy. You wouldn't be happy yeah. if you hired him as a magician, though. He rocked up to your son's birthday party or daughter's birthday party. You'd be a bit, <laughs> uh, yes. A bit creeped out. So there we go. That's the black phone. It'll be taking bookings next year. This was a. There's definitely a thumbs up for Blum, Blumhouse. This one. Um, okay. How, how are we rating this? Let's go to Matt. You can go first. I would rate this an eight out of ten for me. I think. Solid. Fair. Solid. Geordie Paul. I'm going to give it a seven because it didn't. It didn't blow my mind, but it was very mm. well made and very well done. Well, a seven out of ten is still good, lads. Come on. Don't give me... <laughs> I'll um I'll also give it an eight. I I really enjoyed this one. You know, future it might get a nine. I don't know. It's got just it's got rewatchability definitely for me. So we'll definitely get another watch at some point. Um, so I guess the maths there is eight out of ten. <laughs> I don't know why I bother showing up every week now. To be honest, <laughs> I'm only kidding. He's gonna have eight out of ten. It's fine. Um, so there we go. Draw one last breath, eight out of ten. Moving on to the next episode, what are we looking forward to? We don't know. Nope's not out for another couple of about another month by the looks nope. of things. Nope. Nope, nope. <laughs> um I think we've got Prey in a couple of weeks, so I think we're looking to Netflix. There's a Thai uh Thai movie coming out um called Incantation, which Paul has found. So if that comes what? out not Encanto. <laughs> Well, I tell you, if it's as any good as the last Thai horror film I ever watched was May the Devil Take You, so please be along them lines, because that was unreal. Yeah, it's found footage, so it should be quite interesting, so that's on our radar. Um, other than that, I think it's time to move on to uh, something to scream about. Time for Paul to get his boner on. 
Okay, this episode, something to scream about. We are going to be discussing the last two episodes of Strange Things, chapter eight and chapter nine uh, from season four. Oh, here we go. Chapter eight, Papa. Nancy has sobering visions and Elle passes an important test. Back in Hawkins, the gang gathers supplies and prepares for battle. What do you think about Chatelet? Running time, I think, is something like an hour and 25 minutes. What do we think about the lead up to the finale? Epic is one word. I was just trying to digest it all, isn't it? Because there's so much been going on in the entire series. And then I tell you what, though, the, the hour and a half, episode eight, hour and a half runtime went like crazy. Didn't feel like you were you were watching a film version of Stranger Things, essentially. It was <laughs> crazy because I was a bit worried about the hour and a half. Is it going to be just drawn out and too long? Um, but no, episode eight was was yeah. No, we get it. we start from where we left off with Nancy in the um, in Vecna's grasp, um, but we kind of get she kind of gets let off this time with a with a warning to pass on to L if you like. So she kind of gets let off um, from that one. Um, we get the Nina project closing down. Little bit of cat, little bit of uh, cat and mouse with uh, with Matthew Modine um, and the army on their back, um, and Argyle and crew um, trying to find the location. We get a fucking epic. When you say epic, Paul, an epic scene with when Elle is sort of like getting her powers fully back up, even with a restraining bolt that she's got round her neck. With the way that she fucking takes down that. Helicopter. It was just like okay. you know where the you know where the budget's gone. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that crazy budget, man. Just that alone was just fucking insane. Like the, I know they you know must have helicopters up there, fucking drones up there, whatever. But that was some fucking class fucking shots, man. Yeah, and we finally lose a, and he's definitely dead. Definitely dead. Matthew Modine, Papa, is dead. Sniped, sniped the shit. He doesn't really, I, I, you know, and the way he unlocks the restraining bolt, I wasn't really like dead impressed with that because I'm like, what is that your, is that your arc? <laughs> she, she didn't need it anyway. <laughs> I did love how like dead shot the sniper was when he was taking out Papa, but with eleven, he gave her a couple of chances. <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> that will always be, a, you know, oh, are we gonna, are we gonna not? Is she gonna die? Are we gonna start shooting her or not? You know, it's that sort of trope. But it's all good. But the you know you get the not I suppose the montage, the training montage. You know everyone needs a montage, supply gathering, and all that sort of stuff. I thought the scene in the ammo shop was genius. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is like all these people buying guns? It's like it's America, <laughs> man. They're all paranoid for the Hellfire Club, aren't they? I think uh, the uh, apocalypse is coming. Yeah, that annoyed that that whole thing throughout the whole show annoyed me. I don't like the whole let's blame a cult. And I still thought, well, I'll have to get onto that in the next. But it does, it, it, it goes into real life that though, doesn't it? Because Dungeons and Dragons, I think I watched a documentary on this where Dungeons and Dragons was seen as a satanic thing for a while. People mm. were a bit scared of it because 
kids were going off into basements and like talking about demons and dragons and it was like obviously because it was a bit simpler times back mm. then they were really worried about it as becoming this like because it, it became so popular so fast they thought it was a cult so I, I sort of get that but yeah lost the metal music yeah <laughs> well yeah but yeah this was very much like and it still had some epic moments and but it was set up for the finale which you know if we if we move on to move on to the finale um i'll read a little synopsis for that one <laughs> see what they come up with so uh, chapter nine called piggyback great name with selfless hearts and a clash of metal heroes fight from every corner of the battlefield to save hawkins and the world itself Ooh. i mean fuck me two hours 19 minutes this ran and again, it flew for me. So, not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now this tested my longevity. I'm going to disagree with there a bit. I'm going to be the, the 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 Scrooge in this podcast again. I thought this one definitely towards the end, the last twenty minutes, I thought could have been rounded up a bit better, or it could have been more of a more of a cliffhanger than it was. I thought they dragged the ending out a bit. It did, it did get a little bit Lord of the Ringies at the end, didn't it? And it's like it could have ended twice before it ended we'll I thought it. it could have ended with just Joyce and Hopper getting back and then just them looking at each other and ending without the whole like I've missed you, I've done all this type of stuff it just felt, it felt a bit more final than it should have been with the final scene of okay, okay we're, we're getting there. don't blow your load don't blow sorry, your load sorry. I mean yeah, this is we get, discuss, we get the, the talk of the plan we've got, so we've got Hawkins lot Nancy, Steve, Robin, um, Dustin, and Eddie, and then you've got Max, Lucas, and what's the name? Lucas' sister. Anyone remember her name? Uh, Lucas' sister. Uh, Lucas' <laughs> sister. <laughs> okay, um, and then you've got the uh, Russian lot. Obviously, um, Hopper, Murray, um, Guard. <laughs> weird helicopter guy and Joyce they're sort of like planning to go back in and help the kids as they say sort of uh, give them a bit of a, um, a helping hand by trying to have a go at the smoke monster from this end you know get the hive mentality going you know like they like they do and then you got the uh, the pizza party <laughs> who have gone to a pizza joint um, so you got Argyle um Mike, Will, Eleven, and Jonathan filling a bath or a big sink with salt so she can do a little sensory thing and help Max. Hence the piggyback. She's going to piggyback on Max's memories because she's seen it. That's quite an interest. That was a cool little thing. I'm not really sure the logistics of it, but, you know, whatever. It works. So They had to do it somehow, wasn't it? There was, they, they were never going to get back in time, so you knew that this was some sort of of way they were going to do it. But, yeah, I, I quite like this. I thought it was a good way. I don't know whether it was like, I don't know if I, if I get some feelings of when it was filmed in COVID and that, because it's kind of like you have this kind of Lord of Rings, Lord of Rings like Game of Thrones, these stories going on in separate places. I don't know whether they were adhering to a bit of the COVID rules and stuff we're filming this and this is why they chose that kind of way. I don't know if that's maybe one of it, but 
it didn't affect it in any way for me. But I thought the piggyback thing was a really good idea. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, and you get all the little plans, which is so Erica, Lucas, Erica, Erica yeah. Lucas, and Max at the fucking Vecna house in in this side of the world. You've got Robin, Steve, fucking Rob, and uh, Nancy all to- all tooled up, <laughs> ready to take him on in the uh, in the upside down. And you've got fucking hell, Dustin and Eddie. The most metal fucking thing I think everyone keeps is raving about this. You know, let, let's they're, they're the the Metallica distraction is what I've <laughs> labelled it. I mean, fuck me, that scene is fucking epic. That is just one of the fucking most interesting things I think I've seen on TV in a long time. Cut off jacket, long hair, big fucking guitar axe, wailing Metallica fucking. And these bats from hell coming right at them. Oh, that was something else. That was something else. What, do you think it was too much, or did you enjoy when you watched it without all the hype afterwards? No, I loved it. I loved that. I loved it. Yeah, I didn't. I watched it quick enough, so I didn't get any of the hype afterwards. So I was sort of hyped up enough. But yeah, what, what a way to gonna go out. What a way to go out. Like it was. It was brilliant. Um, yeah. Okay. Just. Just perfect for the character, perfect, perfectly shot, and like you said, the imagery on it was just unreal, absolutely unreal. There's so many, and then to the point where you're like, he's only been in the store for such a short time, but you're really rooting for him to live and to. And I've already seen loads of conspiracy theories now going, he's still alive and all this type of stuff. He's a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck off. But uh, he's uh, just brilliant, and what a way, what a way to go. You sort of knew it was going to happen when he started was flashing back to not oh fuck it it's obvious there. wasn't it I mean the conversation you have with Dustin is like don't you ever change it's like oh fuck fuck's sake come on you, you, you couldn't fucking write it he's like he's a goner 100% <laughs> I flagged that up straight away knew it but yeah but, I, I mean, don't know the scene where Max I mean where obviously Max then goes to take on Vecner and obviously they're trying to do their old robodope distract him and stuff and he knows exactly what's going on which is like <laughs> their plan basically doesn't work for to a point. Yeah, um, and, even, and even when go on, eleven shows up and you think, all right, where you go? All right, there you go. We're about to, you know, eleven proves quite ineffective, really. <laughs> she really <laughs> does. She, chuck, she chucks him once, and then it's like she needs, she still needs those really positive memories. And, and you know, Mike does come to the rescue with the heart, being the heart. Um, you know, of the of the group and stuff that he does come to the rescue eventually, but it's too fucking late. I mean, that whole fucking scene of just like the Metallica, them going into the house, them getting choked out. Then you know, is Max going to make it? Is she not? Is there Eleven even going to be effective? Fuck! I want to know how long they were choked out for. That seemed like See, forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Jeez. you know the stuff going on in Russia. Um, obviously it's just those moments and boom and it's like it, but it's still too late for some of us for some characters and it's like I had a bit of a cry I thought Eddie I, when Eddie had gone I was like choked up already I was already choked up with that emotional moment and then like fucking hell the broken legs on Max and the arms and stuff like that and do, watching her try and you're like fuck they did it. It was the words. It was, it was the words she was using for me more than ever. It was like this. That is what a real child would say, because she's a child. That's what she would say, and it's just it was heartbreaking. It's like it really fucking hit me 
really hit me that part, and I was just like, that's fucking dark. I mean, you could have just broken one of her arms, or maybe a leg and an arm, but to break two fucking arms, two legs, and make her blind, it's just like, oh, fucking hell, that's dark. The emotional, the emotional range on those two, Max and Lucas, just fucking. Uh, well, and Eleven. I mean, Eleven's there as well, but she can't really do anything. She can't comfort Lucas, and it's just fucking crazy. Because he's just being put through the ringer. I mean, they have like everyone's like, you know, having that moment where they're like, "Oh, we're we're gonna win, we're gonna win." No, we're not gonna win, and we're all like fucking like literally about to die. And it's like even like Lucas is getting beaten the fuck out of the jock and all that sort of stuff. But the revelation, the revelation that actually Vecna isn't the five star general; he's the daddy of it all. That is, so yeah, I, that, that's definitely what we're going for, right? He is orchestrated yeah. all of this. The upside downs existed. Yeah. But he's found the particles. You know the particles in the, the prison. So that was pushing yeah. around, and they were like, "Well, we're going to go investigate that because we think we can hurt that." Well, actually, that's the that's what Vecna. So Vecna is or number one, as he will probably be now called, has created everything. Like from that particle, he's manipulated mm. that to his will. So he's obviously created the Demogorgon, the Demodog, everything. No, no, no. The Demogorgon was already uh, in there. No, because we, if you remember, that was a phenomenal scene when we saw uh, telling L and uh, he, he got there and he was like half burnt and there was a demigorgon, demigorgon, whatever the fuck you call right. it, in the, dis- right in the distance. So that place, that underground, that it, there's creatures, there's monsters, there's loads of shit and he's just being able but to... But he's, he's pulling this particle together. So he's definitely created the mind flare in that because obviously they thought the mind flare was the big, the big bad over it all, but actually he made that. Well, he, there was, it was already there. He just manipulated it into something that he... I oh, see, there's lots of... There's still lots of questions for season five to answer. But he's the big bad, so, like, like he is the the bad guy. He's what needs to die, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, now, am I right in saying, because there's loads of people who have heard different things. Now, because there's a bit of him in Eleven, right? Yeah, I think that, I think we, that's right. Yeah. Or, if he dies, does she die? Well, I guess we'll we'll, I, I think we'll we need to get ready for another we'll die. Dying, I really do. <laughs> we'll die because apparently some some of him will as well. Mm. So do you know what I mean? It's just like mm, interesting. And will will Eleven be able to control that kind of uh, particle stuff that that brings stuff to life? There's so much that they can still do with it. I mean, I I heard a rumor that it was they were going to deal with the kids aging and i think it's in my head it's like if they did that they're going to set it like a couple of years in the future i just don't know how they're going to do that i just well, don't know it's, a, it's like well, they could uh, do you know viva, what could be viva done? resistance some, like viva yeah, there's resistance. a massive hole to the upside down now isn't there so everything's going to come through it yeah but so that, maybe I, they set it as like a apocalyptic world where the whole True, but then that's like you're, you're the thing. The good thing about Stranger Things for me is it's setting Hawkins and it's, it's it's strange things going on in Hawkins. We've got to a point now where this is a global thing because it's going to go outside of Hawkins now. This is going to become, and if they do a time jump, they, is that going to detract from the group of them, or or well, will remember, it go straight in? You still like. It's still in the 80s where, I know I'm not saying, like, it was one of the things when I thought, towards the end, I was like, where's the military? I know he got a shot of a couple of helicopters flying in, but I was like, 
would would look that they're all at this like you know like a aid station giving out food and all that type of stuff. You think where the hell's all the military? Because you just believe you descend on this place, mm. wouldn't you? Mm. Now, I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I haven't, I haven't got a clue. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to find out in a couple of years. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the, the good thing though, the good thing about this is they know how it's going to end. They said that they knew. They wrote season. They they wrote Stranger Things as a five parter essentially, or if you can believe them. But like they wrote it as like a start, middle, and an end. They knew where they wanted to go. So that's why I have sort of a bit of faith of they sort of know what they're doing with it. And obviously, this season's been just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. I so, just hope they don't shit the bed. Yeah, well, they've just told so much story in season four, and I know there's not. They said that they're not going to be as long, but we're in development. We'll see how much they've sort of come up with because they've got two years now to get it out. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Can I ask you a question before we move on? I know you want to wrap up and stuff, but like, do you either you not feel that there should have been a more pivotal person die in this? Do you, um, do you think we should have had a loss, or do you think? They're not raising the stakes enough with always saving people, and now eleven being having this now new power to possibly bring people back from the dead is you know are we not are we just going to ride this out and they're all going to live, or do you think pivotal characters are going to die? Shoot, I don't think I think there will be there will be a couple of characters die, right? But I think it would be a massive mistake if you just start killing off characters because I think part of the genius of this series is there was definitely a point where I actually thought, oh, my God, like Max twice, to be fair. Mm. I was like, oh, my God, she's dead. And then Nancy, oh, my God, she's dead. She's going to kill Nancy. And obviously it was a bit like, oh, you just let her off. But still, it's that while you're watching it going, shit. She's clever. Because now you don't know if they're going to go for it or not. I think by keeping them alive raises the stakes more that now the anticipation of this final series is someone's going to die someone's going to die but I think it would be a mistake to kill any of the kids I genuinely do because I just think it's like it's based on that like like I said the last episode of Amblin of like Goonies Goonies. nobody like you don't want to watch imagine the Goonies if three of them died that's a completely no 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 you're getting me wrong I don't want them to die I'm just asking you the question of do you think I like that they're killing off the not in the fringe but i like what they're doing with these characters that are on the fringe like eddie has clearly had a massive impact on culture right now and, and you think. yeah and they and they still shifted him on and i don't really care i'm not really too bothered about I don't think that was a choice i think that was already in <laughs> yeah bed, too... they did not know that he was going to be that big trust me but what they did with them set him up for you know merchandise sales for character you know what I mean? like that's why it's, I'm surprised. That, like Metallica that requisite now. It's it's like, you know, what you can do. It was the same with Bob. Nobody wanted Bob to die. No, but Bob, Bob was different. Not, not Ed, this Eddie is, is, is like Paul said, it's a culture movement. It's like, it's almost, I'm almost in the camp that I think they're going to bring, they will bring him back. Just I for hope they don't. The no, I, I hope I, they I, don't. I hope they don't. You're getting me wrong again. It's not about that. I'm talking about the powers that be above that go fucking cash cow. No, they they won't do it, Matt. They I won't do say it. Say they will, Paul. There'll just be something. There'll be because look at Bob. Enough. They got enough to start. Time. Look at the backlash with Bob. Just as Bob, Bob. where's Bob gone? Near. Bob's dead. Did you not see it get sucked down that swimming pool? Bob was nowhere near the status of Eddie. I this agree, there, but that's the thing. Then. That's why I think it's genius. Is that 
Kill kill your fringe characters. And I think the adults, I generally think all of the adults in the next series are up for grabs. And that's just, Joyce, Hopper, the lot. I, I think they're also, I think the only one that's at risk will be maybe Elle or Will. And I'm, and I'm putting that on a, a loose because I think it would be a happily. You love your happy ending. It'd be a happy ever after. Kill them all. Something kill them all. Back to wins. End game. <laughs> Elle, like Elle. Can you imagine the look on everyone's face. I'm seeing it now, and this is a podcast, so it's it's down in history. <laughs> you can, I, I will swear down. I think L, if they don't, I think they'll kill Eleven off in this heroic. I'm going to save everybody by dying. I think that's how it's going to. They, so they don't. Go. You know, Eddie can. Yeah, they they don't need to kill anyone off. But with, <laughs> for me, I don't need anyone to die. But Take tissues ready, Paul. Ed, I'm putting my money on Eleven and Will. But they, they killed it. They. They killed. They killed Max because the, the effectively, even though she's somewhere, she'll come back with powers. I think yeah. Max is gonna. Ha- yeah, I think she's gonna have this weird connection to Vecna. Yeah. I think she's gonna be crippled and blind. Well, Bill's but... already got the connection. They'll just wheel her out on a like, little. Con- he's already had the. You know, right at the end, he had the goosebumps on the back of his neck again. Come back. And, and his nose is bleeding. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I've seen a poster of it, but I didn't. Blood. But yeah, okay. Interesting. Loved it. Awesome. Fuck Eddie. I mean, no, Eddie's awesome. And, you know, Eddie to stay dead. If they bring oh, back Eddie, I, if they bring back Eddie, I don't watch season five. The, the series <laughs> 100 out of 10, really, isn't it? It's unreal. Absolutely unbelievable. Incredible. Incredible fucking fun. I love talking about it as well. Now. I love getting you guys all riled up about it. It's so fun. About what's your news? What was your news? Oh, yeah, the news. Well, Obviously, I mean, you guys have heard the news about the upside down pictures. Yeah. So obviously, uh, the Duffer brothers have, have confirmed whether it's 100% or not. I would just find a little blurb of what they said. So Matt and Ross Duffer, the creators of Stranger Things, are launching a new label with Netflix titled Upside Down Pictures. And several hot projects are already on the menu. Um, the focus for Upside Down Pictures... Uh, projects is said to be on the stories that take place at the beautiful crossroads where the ordinary meets the extraordinary where big spectacle coexists with inmate character work where heart wins over cynicism so yeah i don't know what this is going to be whether it's going to be all new stories or backstories or what but i'm down with that yeah we'll see what we'll see what they do with it in fact, we don't want it to stop there do we? we don't want stranger things to end and there not be anything like it anymore that that would suck I'm already pissed off that I ain't got nothing to watch because I had to watch those two episodes as quick as anything before spoilers went out there. And oh my God, the very next day, well, not even the next day, as soon as I clicked onto something, the first thing that came up was major spoilers. So I'm really sorry for all those people that got stuff spoiled for them, but it's a shame. I would have liked to take my time, but I had to rush it. I could not get it spoiled, but what what a series. So you just, yeah, you just have to rewatch it. I will. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, then, moving on. Let's move on to uh, our movie from the vault. Proximity has the same dream. 
What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. It started a month ago. What started? A change in the earth and the sky. His power. There's a weird locking mechanism. Looks like it can only be opened from the inside. A life form is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What? Okay, so uh, this was my pick, uh, and I decided to go 80s, which was a surprise to Matt and Paul, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I picked 1987's uh, John Carpenter's classic, The Prince of Darkness. So I'll just do a quick uh, synopsis. And then we'll <laughs> I think we're going to have a fight with this one. It's going to be fun. Um, so a group of graduate students and scientists uncover an ancient canister in an abandoned church, but when they open the container, they inadvertently unleash a strange liquid and an evil force on all humanity. So, guys, over to you. What? <laughs> oh my god! Do you know what, right? Can I just say before you start slamming into this one, the amount of shit you make me sit through, right? You guys, I, I do it. You're welcome. Do you know what? Do you know what? Because wow. so, I actually love this film. I was, I, do you know what? I wasn't looking forward to it. One because it had Donald Pleasant presence in it. I, I don't like him for some reason. I just don't. He's one of the. He's up there with James Woods. I just don't know why. I got a thing. It annoys me. So I didn't really want to watch a whole movie with him in it. Um, Victor Wong, great. Um, not the best of the Carpenter movies, in my opinion, but for some reason, I sat there with my partner and I enjoyed it as a movie, you know, as a, as a movie to watch. We both said, that was a good movie. We enjoyed that. Was it really horror? <laughs> And I know it's got the sci-fi, the religion, and the horror Ed tropes to it, but I was just like, hmm, this was a good movie, but okay. <laughs> wow. That is a backhanded compliment. Come on, Matt, what do you think? Um, well, I stuck it on. Um, obviously, Carpenter's music is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I love the score in this movie too much for me. Uh, I felt like the the score overpowered the movie for me that I get it. It was running through it. And I, I do love his music. Don't get me wrong. But for me, I, I kind of got a little bit annoyed with it. Um, because it, it kind of just, it, it made me a little bit tired because it takes a long time for this film to get going. Um, oh, when did it get going? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
wowie. It, it, it does take a while. You've got to admit that they're introducing characters left, right and centre, like with not really much backstory to each character at all, uh, which I was surprised at for a Carpenter movie. Um, for me, uh, it's not one of my favourite Carpenter movies. However, very interesting subject and some very good um special effects further on down the line very much further on down the line <laughs> i like the concept religion versus science and stuff like that. that was an interesting thing um you know they're all in the church brilliant i'm gonna pause before you keep going dun 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 keep talking and fuck man if you're gonna put alice cooper in a movie fucking use him oh my god yeah that use him man i thought he was gonna be much more of a pivotal character took a bicycle through somebody's chest i want i wanted to see those people fucking raging on that place going after people and them getting killed and people getting killed and there's a lot i was waiting for it I was waiting for because you know classic carpenter is that like the the break into the house and they've got to fend them off, and it didn't didn't really happen. They were just like, oh look at those people staring at us all the time. Bit, bit creepy though, isn't it? I thought it was funny with the the two geeks and stuff like that. And suddenly they went out and then they were shagging, and then what we're now we're like they're 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 an item now. Okay, that happened. So that's the backstory. There was a lot of perverts in this film, weren't they? They just wanted to get her end away. Yeah, that was Matey Boy from uh, Big, Big Trouble in China. China. Yeah. 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 So okay. well, I kind of look. I agree with. Hang you. on, before you go on, uh, Jordy Paul, let let should we kind of say what it's about a bit more because we're, yeah, we're, so, we're we're saying stuff, but we don't really. Uh, so what, basically, what there's a priest who dies at the start of the film, and he's guarding this sort of chest with a key in. And uh, Donald Pleasant rocks up to uh, take the key off him and finds a, a strange canister in the basement. The green swirly thing. Fucking green Stranger things, thing. mate. Stranger Things robbed yeah. that, I've got to say. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, and then they, basically he hires a professor uh, from a university with all of his grad students to come and uh, basically find out what it is or, or prove what it is. Because he sort of knows what it is through reading texts that they they say it is the son essentially of Satan. Oh well, yeah, not, but is, is it? I thought there was a lot of like dimension talk and stuff like that. So it's like from another dimension. No, so and basically, I was saying that it's aliens and not the devil. Well, no, it is the devil. So it's basically Satan. But it's not from a religious point of view. So they actually say in the film, which I can imagine has caused some sort of controversy along the line, that Jesus was actually an alien. He was an extraterrestrial who came down to Earth to warn humanity of this danger or this evil, which is Satan, essentially. And um, to keep it locked up and to keep it. Now, then nobody believed him and obviously killed him because he was mental essentially what they thought and then his disciples obviously knew the truth and then kept it going so it was arguing that jesus was an alien who wanted to protect the earth essentially from this massive evil that may, may have killed his own world or whatever and then the whole thing about not letting it out is that yeah there's a mirror dimension it's a set of parallel dimension where the king of darkness essentially so this the father of satan lives and once this Prince of Darkness gets out, then he's going to bring him back, yeah. and that's going to be the end right. of the world. Right. I get it now. That, that's made more sense to me now, because I didn't really 
there was for me it kind of like really went deep and i was trying to follow i don't know if i'm just being a bit dumb but i was just trying to follow it and i was like right so is it what is this thing is it actually a bean and then it started spraying in people's mouths which was well i just i wrote down that it was a lot of people got pissed in in their mouths (laughs) (laughs) there's blatantly someone as well with one of those you know those uh bar things that the soda thing that you press the top yeah that's a soda water isn't it so <laughs> someone stood there and they go and they've got to open their mouth while they do it blatantly i mean i also wrote down that it was a slow burn which it was but i was intrigued by the journey i was intrigued by what the fuck it was yeah until like until i saw what it was through a fucking mirror and then you i know like, what i was oh. captivated and intrigued by Go on. That bloke trumpet that bloke was doing. That was impressive. <laughs> that dude. Did you not think that was amazing? What the fuck? I thought I'd put down on a good trumpet mouth. That okay. went on for about five minutes. There was a lot of weird scenes that went on for a bit too long. The, the guy who kept on laughing and stuff, I'm like, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? I think that was he was deeply religious though, so he was the most religious one out of them. And because it took his body over, I think it was that like internal struggle that like, he was evil, but he wasn't. The most evil person in this whole fucking movie was was Donald Pleasance, and either he, when he when he pushed fucking poor old dear through and smashed the mirror, she went through and sacrificed herself for everyone. Then he pushed, then he smashed the mirror. What a prick! So let's mention the dream sequence, which. I don't know if he's like, did you not like? Oh, I thought it was great. So every, basically when they're in there and it's sort of the, the canister's taken over, every time they fall asleep, they are experiencing the same dream, which is sort of like a, a camera panning towards the church door and then a, that was a voiceover. Yeah. yeah, a big foreboding shadow. Yeah, it, it, like filmed in VHS. So random that bit was. And I was like, okay. And I guess yeah, that's was, what a warning from the future. A warning from the future. That's why it got all a bit like sciencey. Was that a warning from uh, the future? Because we've, we're using your uh, br- brain as a conductor, and we can only speak to you in dreams. And this is what's going to happen. So essentially, that was the the king of darkness escaping to the world because they were beaming it from the future. Cool. A lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of deaths. <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people died. Some neck snaps. And a lot of people dying and coming back after they've been pissed in their mouths and stuff like that. I like the um, uh, the guy with the strong tash. He was like, "Let's go to coffee, let's go for coffee," and then literally bang, yeah. banged her, literally. And he was like stalking her at the start. Did you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was he was a bit odd, but he was he our hero? Was he supposed to be? He wasn't really, was he? Um, I don't know. Who I know was he that. was a bit of a dickhead and a bit of a douche in it, but I did like the guy from Big Trouble in Little China in it. Where it's like he just wanted to get laid the whole time, didn't it? You could pass for being an Asian. She's blatantly Asian. I thought that was a, quite a funny line. And there was a very, very near to the bone um, uh, gay joke in there as well, which was oh, which was like, oh, that's not, oh, not nowadays. No, no, no. <laughs> and there was a blatant man in a wig shot. I don't know if you guys saw that, where one of the ladies is crawling through that hole and they're attacking her with bricks. And she gets up and it's you can see as plain as day as a bloke in a wig and it's so bad. I was like, oh, come on, John. What have you done there? <laughs> well, John, can I just say, uh, you've probably got maths facts on this, have you? I don't know, might have. About the budget? No, I haven't. Go ahead. No, well, basically, I was just doing a bit of reading up about it because 
I don't know. I thought he's with more this a bit. So, uh, so I he basically made Big Trouble in Little China a couple of years before, or a year before. I have got a couple it, of little bits on this, but carry on. All right, it bombed. It bombed obviously at the box office, yeah. and obviously there was like studio interference for that, and like it was supposed to be his like biggest hit and all that. And remember, the thing bombed as well, so he was coming off the back of really like poor box office. So this was he did this independently. So this is an independent film. Yeah. So. Um, the budget for this was like really, really small, and actually did pretty well at the box office. All, all in. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's what I read. But like he said, apparently the critics destroyed it, but he doesn't give a shit because he actually really loves it. So mm. yeah, I would John Carpenter. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, the girl's face was all like, like peeling, peeled off and stuff. That was that was good. I like that. That's good. Good effects. Do you not like right at the end where the, the tension where he was about to touch the mirror to see what was going to happen? Yeah, I did like that, but the hand was a bit crap. So yeah, they probably ran out of budget budget by then. It looked like a guy with a glove on or something, like a overweight gargoyle or something. Are you talking about the hoof? The kind of claw thingy. Yeah, yeah oh, hand. That looked good coming through the mirror. I'm going to go on to that Matt's facts. Don't Not spoil as it. good as the devil from legend. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's what you did expect to come through the mirror, though. That was attached to that hat. Well, it was kind of really red. It was kind of red, wasn't it? I really did think it was, yeah. the, it was the creature from legend. <laughs> Tim Curry pops out. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Any other... Any other things we want to cover on this? Just having a look if I missed anything. The, 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 the guy in the car park with the ants and his hand falls off. Did you all like all up it? It's a nice scene. The, the effects are great. I love the little yeah. effects. Uh, nice blood splatter on the bike hill, I said. Um, I wrote some, about, something about garden shears. Um, Tom and Je- I wrote down something about Tom and Jerry oh. foreshadowing. Oh, oh. Oh, Careful. sorry, sorry. Um, I, there's a cheap jump scare in it as well. It was turning around and she's there. She's right pretty, the she was bed, pretty yeah. creepy. And I suppose the uh, Kelly transition as well on the bed was a bit fucking went on. It went on. And they, they did. And they were a bunch of pussies, man. That's what really pissed me off. Is that they were in a fucking room. They could jump down and then they could get back up. What a bunch of pussies, man. They wouldn't. It's just like it just seems so fucking daft that they were just stuck there for a fucking whole night. Uh, that annoyed me. <laughs> They didn't. It didn't seem like the the peril. There was much peril. That's all. And it's like, why the fuck are you just like suddenly they're going in the room? Oh my god, we're gonna chuck everything against the fucking door. And it's like every. It's like what? There's like one dude out there. Just fucking get him. Jog on. It's loads of pussies, man. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you think. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. (laughs) Well, come on then. We'll best hit hear some maths facts. Okay, you ready for this? So, uh, Alice Cooper used the bike impalement trick in his stage show prior to this movie. The bike he used was his own personal prop. That's quite interesting. So <laughs> Made him bring his own props. <laughs> Save a bit of money. Uh, I've got, got a couple of saves in cash here. I've got a bike that we can use. Yeah. What? Um, John Carpenter's first film that he made independently since Escape from New York in 1981, not only because of the box office failure of his previous film, Big Trouble in Little China in 1986, but also his frustration with the working with the studios because they were so shite. 
There you go. Um, Alice Cooper originally asked John Carpenter if he could come to set just to watch a special effect. Due to Cooper's manager also producing the film, Carpenter eventually decided to offer Cooper a role as the leader of the anti-God-worshipping street people. Ironically, Cooper became a born-again Christian in later life. Uh, Peter Jason uh, came up with the idea of the mouth trumpet routine. (laughs) (laughs) I I was captivated by that. I really was. Um, Carpenter's love of science led to the story idea involving quantum mechanics and the crossroads of science and religion. He became fascinated with quantum uncertainty after reading several books on the subject, but he ultimately felt it was impossible to explain. It was all mumbo-jumbo anyway. It was just a horror movie, he said. Peter Jason suggested that the script touched on just enough uh, to catch it and hold it for the viewer's interest. Yeah, I agree with that. I did kind of fi- I did find that quite interesting, the whole science-religion thing. Okay, okay. Uh, at around 30 minutes, a bored Walter is seen watching a cartoon on TV. This cartoon is Heavenly Puss from 1949. A Tom and Jerry short where Tom dies pursuing Jerry. He goes to heaven but is prevented from entering because of all the wrongs he has done to Jerry. In order to get into heaven, Tom has to obtain a letter of forgiveness signed by Jerry within one hour and if he fails, he will go to hell. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> uh, John Carpenter claims the most difficult effect was the claw coming out of the mirror. They drained mercury from a crane to create the effect of a pool of silver liquid. Doubt you'd be able to do that nowadays, would you? I get that. Um, and the body count is eleven. It's a quite a big body count. Yeah, hefty. They were dying left, right, and centre. Yes. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, I, I, I liked, you know, I liked things about this movie. It, Paul, Jordy Paul, it's not a bad movie by any stakes. It's just there's better carpenter stuff, and I was just, I was just a little bit. It took a while to get running, and um, but I did, I did, I did like it. Butcher. Yep. <laughs> Jordy Paul, tell us why you love this film so much. Come on. I just like the concept of it. Yeah, you're right. To be honest, it does take ages to get going. It does, and I, you are right. I don't know. I never noticed it before, and I hadn't seen this in a while. To be honest, so. Um, but it, it, the score does... You, you do realise it's there all the time. It's too... So I, I think it's just a bit it too does, much. Yeah. It does affect it. But yeah, I just I just thought it was really good. I, I, I think because I watched it early, like, I was I was a kid when I was... Well, teenager, I think. Mid-teens when oh, I first okay, watched okay, it. Okay. I think it's one of them that sort of holds a bit of... You know, that whole nostalgia thing in, in your heart a bit. So, um... No, don't I worry. Don't, but, butchers destroyed films from my... From my <laughs> I really no look. I really I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I thought it was quite clever in, in places. I love the kills, special effects, and yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. So yeah, good, good. Butch, anything else to say? You're quite quiet <laughs> over there. I mean, you know, I did enjoy watching it as a film. I don't know why, but I, I'm not like completely smashing it. It was. Still Carpenter, and it still had that sort of like Carpenter feel to it. You could tell that oh, his DNA was all all over it. Um, probably just um, I found it more interesting than than captivating. You know, I was like, oh, that was, that was pretty cool. That was probably 
that's it really. <laughs> okay. Should, should we should we rate this then, uh, Geordie Paul? You might as well go first. Well, I'm going to give it because I, like I said, I enjoyed it and I I did enjoy the rewatch. Uh, so I am going to give it an eight out of ten. Fair. I think I'm going to give it. For me, it was a middle of the road film, so I'm, I, I don't want to be rude, but five out of ten for me because it was just middle of the road and and it was it was good, but it wasn't amazing and and I don't know what I was really expecting really. Um, but yeah. Butch? It wasn't going to be that harsh, actually. I thought, yeah, five, six, maybe. What? Are you turncoat, mate? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this, I'm gonna call this Prince of Darkness, stroke revenge for cellar dweller. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong with cellar dweller. Yeah, cellar dweller was tacky fun. I don't know, maybe too serious. <laughs> I don't know, probably like a, a five. Yeah, middle of the road for me. There's more ones that I would watch over this, and I'm not sure I'd run back to go and see it again immediately. I, one thing I would like is I would really be interested in watching it with commentary, just so it would explain lot other bits. And I think I'd have probably it probably put me up further if if I had things explained to me and like oh that's quite clever actually that's that's interesting. So because even reading Matt's facts, maybe maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Maybe I, you know maybe a six. Maybe it is a six because you know the facts were interesting for me, and the and the uh, special effects were cool. And although the, 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 the score annoyed me a bit, uh, it's still a brilliant score. So yeah, let, let, I'm going to change. I'm going to go back actually six. six. Cool. So that's a draw one last price, eight out of ten then. <laughs> probably, probably the maths is probably somewhere around six and a half. Excellent. Well, that's fun. <laughs> it's fun seeing that movie. It was good. Yeah, I'm glad uh, I watched so it. Mr. Butcher, Mr. Butcher, it is your turn to pick a oh. movie from the vault. I know. Oh, don't like his face already. <laughs> <laughs> don't like my face. What? I don't know. I'm struggling to have a to watch. Watch. Feel like we've watched everything now. I'm just gonna have to go for some uh, something absolutely bizarre and bonkers and stupid and just really, really, yeah. Get on to Shudder and watch Puppet Master. Oh, wicked. <laughs> well, I've never seen this, so. I look forward to it. I mean, there's a few. If you want to go around, go through the whole back catalogue. There's three on Shudder right now, so they're quite. Let's see how I get on with the first one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I want to watch Pop Mask. We've done Ghoulies, haven't we? So yeah. Um, yeah. Dolls. Dolls. So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching. I've watched it in a while. So yeah, Puppet Master. Good old Puppet Massacre. Yeah. Get some fucking stop animation. Yeah, practical effects. Bring it on. I'll probably want to buy a toy after this. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen this, Geordie Paul? Have you ever seen Puppet Master? No, I've never seen it. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Well off for a chance. Only, only 82 minutes, mate. It's fine. Cool. In and out. In, <laughs> in, in, in and out. So that's um, episode 107. Um, moving on to uh, 108. Thank you, everyone, for um, putting up with us today. Listening. Cracking. For episode 108, we will be looking to Netflix to watch um, a movie called Incantation. Um, so that's uh, all the way from Thailand. So that should be quite interesting to watch. Um, something to scream about. We did discuss this. We were probably going to talk about weddings in horror movies. I think you got to get on that, lads. Find out your wedding movies. And our move from the vault I just picked, which was Puppet Master. 
And uh, there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath pod at hotmail.com. <laughs>